you know, we should have the did it, did it, did it, did it. You know what that is? No, that's no I'm countdown, man. Channel, anyways, I don't know. It's a channel four thing. I don't think you guys have got that up there in the North America. From the front to the back, from the F to the B, from the M to the E, you know where we be at the check-in. You know what we're doing at the check-in. You know who we are at the check-in. Hello, what's happening, friends? Welcome back to the check-in, where we bring you our take on news and updates from the industry. We are your hosts. I am Asis Jubang. And I am Graham Sproul. And as always, the show is split into three segments, starters, main, and desserts. For starters, we give you a rundown of some industry news that's piqued our interest this week. For mains, we take a closer look at a key topic of interest in the industry today. And for dessert, we leave you with a story that is short and sweet. So with no further ado, let's get you all checked in. My starter today brings us back down to the metaverse and hospitality. Now, the past few days, the past few months, the past few episodes i've been talking about hotels that are thinking about building in the metaverse hotels and brands that are thinking about embracing the metaverse embracing the future all the while millennium hotels and resorts have actually gone and built in the metaverse and i was gobsmacked because they built and they opened property in the metaverse in may i think it was if i'm not mistaken but yeah they've already gone ahead and built it and they put out press release saying we are ready to welcome you to this exciting space as you discover the first ever hotel to be launched in the metaverse so you know me right and i am over the moon about this i am hype i am happy and i'm gonna carry on with the um with the post that they put out and they said located in the heart of the central land near genesis plaza this is a place for explorers to discover new experiences and connect with like-minded travelers come along with us on this transformative journey as a friendly avatar will take you on a tour along with chances to win real world hotel surprises now first and foremost i am glad that they've done this i was pleasantly surprised when i found out that they did this and even better, yeah, um, the last episode we did, we were talking about Citizen M and when they announced um, of the intentions of building the metaverse, the platform they chose to go with or the platform they chose to start with was, uh, what's it called? Sandbox, which I wasn't too keen on, purely, purely on the graphical standards. And I was more advocating Decentraland. And then I come and find out that Millennium Hotels has actually gone and built in Decentraland. So great, excited, loved it. Wonderful, happy, over the moon. And then I go into Decentraland. I log into Decentraland, try to visit the hotel. And Graham, I spent about an hour or so running around this damn map trying to find this hotel and I couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, what is going on? But then I realized that in their post, they just said located in the heart of the central land near Genesis Plaza. Now, when you look into the central land, Genesis Plaza is where you first appear or where you first entered into the metaverse. That's like the gateway, the entrance, the lobby. 
So, but they actually haven't pinpointed exact spot of where this damn building is. So I'm there running around all over this place like a headless chicken and I can't find this building. I go back on LinkedIn, I go on Millennium's page and I send them a message to say, where exactly can I find this building? Where is this hotel in the Metroverse? Where is it? In Decentraland, because I can't find it. And no one's gotten back to me yet. So I guess I'm just going to have to just stay in the damn thing. Just keep running around like a headless chicken until I just bump into it by accident. And then hopefully when I do bump into it, I'm going to have to make some sort of a YouTube tutorial for other people who are looking for it. Maybe I'm just blind and, you know, I'm just not seeing it. But, mate, I've been running around like a madman and I can't find this building. But despite that... (laughs) You know what, Graham? I think this is the first hiccup I have found with the whole, with my whole excitement for the metaverse, and <laughs> I am dude, man. But but you know what? I'm I'm keeping it positive. I'm keeping it happy. I'm keeping it light, and <laughs> I'm glad it's done. I'm glad they've built in. I'm glad they've taken this first step, this first leap, and yeah, it's official. They are the first brand to actually build in the metaverse. They're not just talking about it like some of the other. Uh, like some of the other brands are they're not just you know putting out their plans out there it's all good to have plans it's all good to have plans but millennium you have just won me over big time you've got big <laughs> kudos for me big big kudos all i need to do now is find the i just need to find the building now that's what i need to do you know so if someone can help yeah. me out there pinpoint me to you know just you know just give me the x on the map that i can find that I can follow so i can find this building that would be good but yeah, I am happy. I am absolutely happy that they've done this. And yeah, they've won, they've won me over. They've got big props for myself, man. Big props. Big props. Uh, so I'm going to go distinctly old school here just to be uh, contrarian. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I know we always like to kind of open a little bit on, um, you know, what's happening with the industry. And yeah, mm. um, so, you know, I won't go into it uh, depth by depth, but, you know, I decided for an old, old fashioned uh, industry survey, I think coming out of COVID, they kind of just want to solicit views. So just to kind of touch, I'll just, I won't go through, obviously through the whole thing, but just to give people an idea of what it's asking for, because I think, you know, I'm a little bit of an old school guy. I think some of the old ways of doing things are still largely work the best. In some cases, so uh, not distinctly non-metaverse. So which of the following statements represents you? The industry will need to demonstrate it will be more environmentally sustainable and guess expectations. And then it goes through the whole scale, completely agree, completely disagree. Mm. Uh, recruitment and retention are one of the biggest issues facing the industry over the five years. I think that's always an issue with hospitality. Yeah. Uh, education and training keep pace yeah that kind of goes without saying technology will have a more important role to play in the future well i think you kind of just demonstrated that with the you know with the metaverse and these hotels there uh this one's kind of interesting it's a little bit new industry will have to be small uh smaller and leaner as a result of the pandemic uh i think that's true at least in the interim with with all the labor shortages i think you know that's probably probably i think i would strongly agree or agree with that younger entrants expect more of a work-life balance in their careers that may be true yeah. i don't know i don't know how you would do that in hospitality because it's just maybe i'm you know but it's 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 
I don't know how you would bring a work-life balance in hospitality because it's not really one of those jobs you can work from home, except maybe maybe reservations, a few positions in the hotel. But I, I find a lot of it, you need to be in the hotel on the floor, you know, or in the restaurant, you know, or whatever the hospitality venue is. And then the pandemic has resulted in significant changes to the industry. I think most people would probably agree with that. I would, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, then it just asks a few more questions, needs to accommodate a more flexible working pattern. I think that is more of an expectation of workers. I don't, I think hospitality would be an industry where it's difficult to do that. Um, but yeah, so I think that's kind of interesting and, you know, it's, it's kind of fun to, 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 to fill in these surveys and give your input and see what the results are. So, uh, um, anyway, um, just thought that would be, um, something interesting to, to bring up. So, yeah. I think we wanted to discuss for our main course, a little bit of the, uh, the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. Is that dum dum dum? Oh, yes. This is a jubilee. Uh, this one's a jubilee episode, to be fair. I mean, for this country, it is the biggest event of a century. I mean, especially past, of past, you know, past everything that's happening, you know, with the pandemic and mm-hmm. just how terrible everything's been going in the past few years. Yeah, this is something that in the country needed. But yeah, carry on. Well, I mean, I think just kind of what we were saying um, before, I think it's it's not, of course, it goes without saying it's it's a major milestone. I think Queen Elizabeth is, uh, you know, she's now the longest reigning monarch in uh, British history, which is which is quite something. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that, that goes without saying. But I think um, it's also, uh, I would argue, sort of a coming out party. Like, I, I kind of feel like uh, in, in this sense that, you know, when the, the history books are written um, and they're looking for like a milestone to mark, you know, sort of the end of the kind of COVID malaise, you know, that 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 uh, you know, hung over the United Kingdom, that this was probably the point where you could say, look, like Queen's Platinum Jubilee, everybody was there, all the restrictions were gone. And so this kind of represents maybe the, um, you know, kind of the historical end of COVID, even though, of course, we know that probably stem for oh, I'm sure there could be little cases of COVID forever but you know what I mean in terms of you know public life and people kind of re going on with a sense of um, a normalcy and you know mm. and just everyone just kind of leaving and, and getting out and yeah having having one big uh, uh, one giant street party I guess you could say so but no I, I um, I'll just say for myself you know um, not having the benefit of of being in the United Kingdom for it as, as, as uh, um, you've been, I, you know, I have tuned in and sort of seen the coverage. And um, I think, uh, I think the thing that's, that really stands out for me is um, I, th- I think probably the biggest images that everyone probably remembers are those images of uh, Prince George and the kids, you know, making faces like oh, yeah, that's what yeah. I remember in the news. I mean, so uh, um yeah, and, and, and it's interesting because, you know, in an event that's so uh, heavily choreographed, you know, I mean, they've got, uh, you, know, the, you know, the trooping of the color and everything is just uh, so 
friendly choreograph from the rolls going out in the balcony, the overpass. Um, it's 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 interesting that what you know what I think kind of stole the show in a lot of people's minds is um, you know those faces that that Prince George was making you know next to the Queen and his mother, uh, which were definitely not choreographed. And I think we can no no couldn't plan for that. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I think it just sort of brought a little sort of sense of humanity to it all. You know, I mean, sometimes, mm. um, you know, with the way they're everything is so stage managed and with, I think, the Queen's very uh, steely, uh, stoic character, um, it's sort of easy to forget that, you know, at the end of the day, they're a family and just like you, deceased, they've got kids and, uh, uh you know, there's that humanity of just, you know, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure as a parent yourself, you can just imagine like, you know, your kid making faces in the same when you're trying to. So I think it, I know, I think it was a good thing. I think it kind of shows everyone that, you know, at the end of the day, despite all their trappings, they're, they're still a, uh, you know, a family like, like everybody else. And, and, uh, you know, the Queen's got her, uh, they're probably her family issues like everyone else, even though, um, you know, she's had a remarkable reign and, uh, um, you know, it's, it's, it's quite a milestone. So, uh, yeah. And I mean, I can certainly say too, um, one thing I can say, you know, not being mm. in the kingdom is that it certainly got made international coverage and headlines. So I, I think that pretty much every major news organization in the world had some coverage of the, uh, the platinum Jubilee. I have to remember it's platinum. There's, there's been so many. Yeah, it's, hard to keep yeah, it's platinum. Well, you know, Diamond, what? Yeah, Sapphire, I mean, yeah, we're a platinum. Mm, yeah, no, I mean, just to, um, just to jump in on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what the world has seen. And obviously the pomp and pageantry that's front and center, you know, that's, that's what we wanted the world to see. That is the reason why mm-hmm. we got tourists here because tourists wanted to see this. And mm-hmm. on the Saturday I posted, uh, I posted a picture on on our instagram page and that picture was it took me a while to figure out which character to, to choose but that picture was of popeye right you know the sailor man with his, uh, oh, with his right, spinach right. yeah and and the picture and what i literally put in was uh i put a it's kind of like one of those mean pictures in in this picture popeye represents hospitality and his his can of spinach was the platinum jubilee and you know he squeezed it and the spinach was all the way up so essentially what i was saying is jubilee is a shot in the arm that the the, the uk hospitality industry needed mm-hmm. and i think that's exactly what it has done to be fair, at this point where we are today, as of this recording, we're still waiting for the figures. We're still waiting for the numbers. We're still waiting to see, you know, how much boost it actually gave. So at this point, what we're working off of is just the predictions, right? And I've got an article on here from, yeah, not Boutique Hotelier. And this article is titled, More Than 5 Million Brits Planning a UK Break During the Platinum Jubilee Holidays. And it says, a new study has revealed that more than 5 million Britons are planning a UK break during the Platinum Jubilee weekend, bringing in an estimated £1.2 billion boost to the economy. That's the overall economy. Now, I have seen figures being floated here, then everywhere about how much of that £1.2 billion share will be directed 
to us, the hospitality industry. And obviously, it doesn't have to take a genius to work out that. Obviously, when, when we get tourists come over, when we get all of these street parties, when we get people coming together, food, 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 hospitality, right, was dead center in the middle of all of this platinum jubilee i am telling you the hotels would have raked them in the amount of tourists that came over just to see this people from the commonwealth that were taking part in this they all needed to be housed and this was just again it was just Mm. a godsend for the hospitality industry so to carry on with the article, right? And it says, the survey by Visit England revealed 5.3 million people plan to take an overnight break during the four-day holiday. And, and it carries on to say, the news comes after it was revealed that UK hotel reservations were up 124% for the Platinum Jubilee weekend. Wow. That is unbelievable and then it goes wait for this average nightly rates countrywide are wait for it well were past tense average nightly rates countrywide are 202 pounds per night prices that reflect a 10 percent increase from 2001 sorry 2021 and 38 percent rise from 2019 so from these predictions here, I mean, well, the, the last figures on the hotel rates, those that just goes to show that I was right, that the Jubilee is the shot in the arm the hospitality industry needs. But the only downside to this is when you, when you look at it on a countrywide level, right, when you take a holistic look at this, hospitality in the southern side of the country is who will mostly be benefiting from a large portion of this share london the southeast mm. the southwest the, obviously it, it's a bit sad because that's where all where all of this is happening right mm. so that is where most of the profits most of the gains will be concentrated within the industry but if you look up north obviously you know you will have tourists that you know that arrive in Birmingham airport that arrive in Manchester obviously some might have booked late so the hotels in central London the hotels in and around London are fully booked or the prices are extortionate and they think okay well what we're gonna do is let's go up north a bit find somewhere a bit cheaper and then you know just travel up and down so there Hmm. will be benefits up and down but a whole heap of benefits everything well, I wouldn't say everything, but a whole heap of the benefits will be mostly concentrated around the London area for obvious reasons. Right. Now, one thing I also wanted to bring up is obviously around the whole country, you know, you had retail, you had, um, well, I would say mostly retail, really, because obviously in England, we had lots of street parties. And so all those street parties need food. So all those people would need to go to their local shops to get those meats, to get those barbecues ready, to get their drinks, mm. their alcohol. So yeah, they have seen little benefits, but in t- but when you look at the, ho- the hotel sector of the country, I think hotels in the north of the England, mm, yeah, I, I think they were left lacking a bit. Mm. So yeah. that's the one negative I see from this, but overall for the country as a whole, for the industry as a whole, it's, 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 mm. Been brilliant i think it's been absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting you say that i mean i've got a friend um uh he friend of mine who works and leads and um i don't i think he 
he lives just outside Leeds. I can't remember. I think he moved recently, but yeah, he's all, he's, he's definitely up in the North of England. And um, uh, even though I don't think he was, you know, thinking of, of hospitality uh, uh, specifically, like, like you have, um, you know, he told me anecdotally that he kind of found the same thing that uh, he didn't find as much sort of um, fanfare and, and, and celebration in North of England as in the South. Um, mm. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, I'm not sure if, you know, I don't know that it's necessarily because there's any sort of less, um, excitement or enthusiasm, I suppose that's possible. I, I, I really don't know. I've not studied this. Uh, you know, I'm not a sociologist, it's complicated, but, mate. but it's, it's possible. That's a, that's a factor, but you know, I, I suspect it's a little bit more like just what you said is that because all the celebrations center around London, you know, London is this massive sprawling metropolitan area that is just, and it's, it's so large and it's, it can get so crowded and so expensive that, you know, as you well know, you know, we're, uh, you know, you and I uh, worked in, in, in Windsor, you have people that are staying like, you know, southeast of the city northeast of the city, you know so it really stretches to a huge part of, of, of the south of england just that whole greater uh that london metropolitan area so i, mm. I suspect there's a lot like that you know you'll have people that you know you know maybe they flown in maybe they flew in through the north for some reason but then i'm sure they would have stayed somewhere much closer within striking range of london so uh, yeah i'm sure that's a big part of it so um i also found an article here. Now this one, it's in the Guardian. It, it says, uh, Queen's Jubilee expected to give 6 billion boost to UK retail and hospitality. So I think that 2 billion mark is more sort of direct spending. And I think this 6 billion is more of the spinoff, you know, so people going into shops, yeah. buying drinks and stuff. The 2 billion or, or 3 billion is probably like sort of more, direct bookings and um you know like money that you could clearly say okay they booked they booked the flight they booked this they've you know booked their their english breakfast uh but but i think the 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 the, the extra three to four billion is sort of the spin-off so you know everybody going around buying souvenirs um and i'm sure there's there were plenty of them uh so so yeah, uh, the subheadliner is just what you said. You know, Britain's expected to take advantage of a four-day break to splash out on street parties and nights out. So you know, it really is like one big weekend. And um, yeah, two billion on food and drink supplies. It's yeah, and it's about a fifth of the population plans to join a street party. A report from Pinium and Voucher Codes found with around six hundred million expected to be spent on decorations and memorabilia. As retailers tempt shoppers with the question, questionable delights. <laughs> I like that. Questionable delights of queen-shaped gnomes. Do you have a queen-shaped <laughs> gnome, uh, Assis? Maybe you should. <laughs> no, I do not. I do not uh, at all. But you know what? It doesn't sound bad at all, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, you know, you're missing out on, on life. What can I say? Um, <laughs> uh, corgi balloons, of course. Those are the queen's favorite type of dog. I, I, I remember oh, yeah. the, the the park in Windsor with the corgis, yeah, yeah, and uh, corgis, I should say, and uh, and then Union flag bunting. Um, oh boy, you Brits love, you know. I, I guess I can say this as a, you know, as a 
Canadian transplant, but yeah, you guys love your bunting. Like I've never seen a country. With so, much <laughs> uh, so I can believe it. And what else do you say? So yes, just what we were kind of saying before it says, you know, more than two years of pandemic imposed restrictions kept family and friends apart. So like I said, I think it's really like a, almost like a coming out party. This kind of marks, you know, even though I know that the, the measures were dropped quite some time ago, I think this event sort of gave the perfect excuse to sort of, you know, officially sort of kick off, you know, people gathering together again on, you know, a widespread uh, uh, scale. It says cake stands and dinner sets and more than uh, quadrupled sales, that is, sales of those things. I think why I don't mind just mentioning this and running through this, I know we, this show is on hotels and hospitality, is to also, you know, I think it's important sometimes we forget that hospitality has a lot of spinoffs to other industries, you know? So when you have all those tourists filling hotels and stuff, guess what? All those retail outlets and, you know, your souvenir shops through the hotels, they benefit too, you know? So you know, hospitality is strong. It benefits, you know, lots of sectors of the economy, uh, like pet party treats, um, <laughs> potty cakes. I don't know what that. You wouldn't connect called. those two, man. You wouldn't connect them. Garden party dog food flavored with strawberries and vegetables, as well as chicken. I'm not sure how many pet friendly hotels there might be in London. I have a feeling it might be a little tricky to find some you know london's got a lot usually as a general rule the nicer the hotels the you know it's likely it is that they allow pets so the british beer and pub association and hospitality ulster said they're expecting almost 400 million pounds more to be spent in pubs bars and restaurants 400 million more than during a normal thursday to friday uh, sunday in may so that's quite a large sum um And in a joint statement, we sense, this is a quote, there's a real pent-up desire amongst the population to get out and enjoy itself. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) After almost two years of lockdown, uh, I'm sure that's true. Yeah, and it just goes on to say, you know, with all these increased energy prices and, and, and cost increases that from that, you know, everything is going up, food, energy. Uh, This was kind of a welcome relief, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, with with everything that has been going on, you know, in, in the country and globally, like I said, this this was just something the country needed as a whole. This was a one connecting thread that's bringing everyone closer together. And yeah, like I said, we're just working off of the assumptions that were made before this because you know the facts and the figures and the actual numbers aren't out here the data has you know the data is still lagging because obviously we need to see the impact that it has had on the economy as a whole and you know we're not going to get yeah. that until probably next month yeah, yeah. but yeah. yeah so right now we're just working off assumptions and you know just the predictions that were made in the yeah. articles and yeah. and from industry you know publications but yeah at the end of the day I was here. I have seen, I mean, like I said, on, on the television worldwide, what they saw was, you know, what needed to be seen, all the pomp and the pageantry, all the events, the royals, but every single thing else surrounding all of that is what we have seen. I mean, I, I went, <laughs> went to my local store on the, I think it was either the Wednesday or the Thursday. Yeah. Thursday was when it started. Yeah. Went to my local store on a Thursday and it, the shelves were almost completely empty 
well, mm-hmm. this is the alcohol section, so I say, almost completely empty. There was just dry. I walked out with people. Well, I walked past people with, with trolleys full of cases and cases and cases of beers and wine, you know. So I have seen it with my own eyes. I know there's been a heap of spending. I know there's been a heap of celebration. I know there's been a heap of enjoyment, music, partying. You know, this is behind the scenes of, you know, this is what things that have happened behind the scenes that the whole world hasn't seen. So yeah, it's yeah. it's been great. And right now we're just waiting for the numbers, you know, just to basically confirm our suspicions. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think what's interesting is, yeah, like you said, it's um, you know, the these these organizations I said, they also said you know, at last, our uh, this is the hospitality sector, our beleaguered mm. sector is able to look forward to this sort of trading period that will give it a massive boost as it sets out on the long road to post-pandemic recovery. Uh, but at the same time, um, PwC, I think that's Pricewater Cooper, Cooper, Cooper House. Um, Lisa Hooker, I think that's, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm wrong on that but she says despite the significant drop in consumer confidence shown by our most recent consumer consumer sentiment survey and then it goes on to say short capital is that it's actually going it could just be a short-term boost to sales in terms of actual numbers but i think what's more important is it's not just you know whether these numbers are consistent or if it's just a small you know temporary boost it's it's i think it's more about kind of creating this sort of feeling you know that sort of life is back in Britain you know it's okay to go out again and you know party and enjoy life you know so I think that yeah. may be the big big boost in the long term not not necessarily dollars in fact it says that sometimes these events there's sort of contracts it's like it's like after Christmas when everybody's you know maxed out their credit cards <laughs> the so credit you see cards. A decline but but yeah, but I think it's yeah. more of a sense that this this you know, if, if people didn't feel a return to kind of normalcy in life before, now they will from this. So I think that that psychological effect may actually be the yeah. biggest uh, takeaway from this. Um, and we'll see. I mean, you know, it kind of the article kind of ends on a lukewarm note saying, you know, with consumer and energy prices, there's still a lot of red flags. But, you know, hopefully this this could be uh, uh, could mark the turnaround so uh so there you go uh god save the queen's good for the and god save the economy i suppose is uh, and the hospitality industry i guess it's a secondary uh, uh lesson from all this yeah well yeah you know what right i, I think that should be the next saying moving forward mm-hmm. instead of just god save the queen we should make it god save the queen and the economy and god save hospitality yeah oh, god save hospitality. <laughs> that's it so yeah my my uh, uh i guess article that, that that caught my attention and it, it's nice is that um it says real estate investment you know including you know in, in hotels in particular um hits record so um what's what's nice about this is that it's showing that investors who I think were, I mean, think about this way, like if you were a real, a really wealthy, you know, rich guy, uh, rich dude, think like Warren Buffett or someone like that, uh, you know, would you really want to invest during the pandemic in hotels? 
um, or anywhere in the hospitality, but now they're hitting record highs, you know? Uh, so this data, I, I believe it primarily comes out of the United States as, as much of the data does, but it says at 292 billion investment reached its highest first quarter level, first three months of 2022. So that's good. I mean, to me, it shows that they're starting to invest again, all these you know investors that were maybe holding back their money. You know, I won't get too deep into the weeds as far as all the numbers go, but um, uh, it's, yeah, records level of construction, including in hotels, headwinds are going the right way. So, you know, it's interesting, despite all the economic challenges, it's uh, for people with, you know, energy and inflation and everything being high at the mm. moment. There is, there, you know, there, there is a sense of a resurgence. You know, people are just like we, you know, we discussed with the Platinum Jubilee. People are really anxious to go out, and you know, they know that there's all this pent up demand, and and it's just a, it's just a matter of time, you know, before uh, you know people want to go travel again, go on holidays. People are already doing that actually, so um, you know that's why you see the uh, these these record investments coming through. Um, Oh, and I'll just give a little quick anecdote because I think a uh, little story is more interesting than, than going through these dry numbers. Um, I did not know um, until recently, actually. I, um, you know, one of my, um, uh, you know, the best hotel brands, some might argue it's the best in the world, the Four Seasons. I didn't know that uh, Bill Gates actually was the majority shareholder in that. I thought it was owned by like a conglomerate of, um, um, you know, investors in Saudi Arabia, but I guess he consolidated. He owns like 80% now. So, um, really? yeah, yeah. And, and, um, you might kind of ask yourself, you know, I was mentioning Warren Buffett. Well, like, why isn't he Microsoft tech guy? Why would he invest in it? Well, one reason I've noticed a lot of these guys like to invest in, um, uh, hotels and hospitality is because there's huge write-offs. The, the, the tax codes are set up that they know that when you set up a hotel or a restaurant or any kind of hospitality, business, there's enormous operating costs. You know, think of all the staff involved uh, and mm. then, you know, you've got your property taxes. So as a result, governments deliberately usually give these huge tax write-offs for, for wealthy guys that give, you know, isn't it to incentivize them. Incentive, investing yeah. over. So um yeah, so a lot of these guys they don't they they don't do it because like, trust me, Bill Gates does not need the money from being from the Four Seasons. The guy has got plenty as it is. It's uh, it's um I think for a lot of them it's 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 not only is it a good investment, you know, appreciating in value, but it's a huge tax write off. So yeah. Anyway, um, that's good signs. I thought that was kind of a nice uh, nice to see that happening. So I picked that for my dessert. How about you, Assis? We're bringing in a new addition to our to our Instagram page, the um, the check in podcast page, and moving forward, we will be bringing. Well, I suppose this is a world reveal. This is our debut announcement of Graham's Sodas of the World, and essentially what that is for our listeners, those who don't know, Graham travels. He travels a heck of a lot. He He's here, there, and everywhere. Currently, where we've been recording our podcast online via Zoom because obviously I'm in England and he's. Where are you right now again? 
Uh, well, I traveled a little bit to, to Turkey and Dubai, but I'm back in Doha for the moment. I've kind of set up a tech forward operating command or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Nice yeah. hotels so, so here, though, so it's not a bad place. To, yeah. So right <laughs> now you're in Doha right now. And what Graham does, he, yeah, so because he travels a lot and he's a big fan of sodas, uh, soft mm. drinks, fizzy drinks, whatever you call them where you are. Pops for all my Canadian uh, Pops. My yeah. patriots, yeah. So Pretty much, yeah. So what Graham does is he goes around and when he comes across an interesting drink, an interesting beverage, interesting pop from whatever country he is in around the world, he gives us a little intro. He gives us a little information about what this pop is. And then what we'll be doing is moving forward, we will pop that on our Instagram every <laughs> no now and intended. then. Just to, no <laughs> pun intended. We'll pop that on our Instagram every now and then just to keep you guys entertained and letting you know where Graham is in the world and what he's been drinking in those countries so uh yeah just just give us a little you know just a little yeah. intro of the kind of yeah. beverages you've tried previously and what we can look forward to with these regular posts of graham's pops yeah so you know i uh you know guilty as charged i'm kind of a, a <laughs> self-styled a connoisseur i guess of uh, of pops um so uh yeah, I mean, I can tell you they, they they certainly have some interesting brands here out of Dubai. There's one that I I tried, um, I don't know in Dubai it was called um, Star Soda, and um, it was interesting. It was like very kind of well, how would I say, kind of like a, a salty flavor. I'll need to I'll need to 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 post all these maybe we can do it on our page and stuff so people can see uh see all them yeah I think we will definitely but um uh, so they've got some interesting kind of um in, you know I, I guess pops that are kind of indigenous i guess so you could say to the middle east um mm. but um one thing I'll say, a little tidbit, I think that could be interesting for listeners is um, one thing about Qatar that's interesting is it is very much a tax-free place. You don't pay tax on your income tax, uh, and you don't pay in, uh, sales tax on most things too. But they do have sales tax on what the Qataris consider to be luxury goods, and sadly enough for me, um, for whatever reason, they consider soda pop um fizzy drinks to be a luxury item so um <laughs> it's one of the few things you actually so you know you you want to get a yacht or a mercedes benz or you want a nice uh, cold uh, pop uh yeah it's one of those few products you're gonna have to pay some sales tax on them fortunately but yeah so um yeah, so so that is something we'll definitely be starting as soon as we finish this yeah. um this episode and we try get it up and running. Yeah, so I've already done the uh, I've already done what's it called? I've already done the cover art. That's it. I've already done the cover art for it, and I'm gonna pop that up as soon as we finished here. And you know what? I'm gonna post that up right now, and then I'm gonna do the um the cover for it and then yeah we'll start posting graham's pops of the world or sorry graham's sodas of the world pops soda <laughs> pops whatever you want to call it yeah <laughs> graham's sodas of the world so you can get a taste of whatever graham's been doing brilliant brilliant well and on that note until next time guys we're checking out
Peace.